Welcome to World Footprints Radio, the show where we celebrate responsible travel, culture, and heritage. Featuring your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Now, World Footprints Radio. If you love diving, sea turtles, art, and people as much as we do, today's journey through the Grenadines will unlock the mysteries of the sea in a way few seldom see or experience. And we can't wait to share it with you. Hello, fellow travelers. Thank you for tuning in to World Footprints, the leading voice in socially responsible travel and lifestyle. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick, and along with my husband, Ian, we're taking a multifaceted undersea journey through the Grenadines. Thanks, dear. On today's World Footprints, we explore the Grenadines from an underwater perspective. The Grenadines are part of the island archipelago, along with St. Vincent, that comprise the island nation of both namesakes. The Grenadines are a haven for scuba divers, some of the world's most spectacular aquatic scenery, and much, much more. First up, the island of Bekwe, the largest of the Grenadines, has some of the best diving spots in the world. Fresh from a dive at Devil's Table with her dive buddy, Kathy Sachs of Dive Beckway, Tanya and Kathy share their passion for diving and what life has been like for Kathy and her husband Bob as UK and US transplants, respectively, living here in this tropical paradise. My story is similar to most people's here. Is I came on holiday, I loved it, and then I desperately worked out a way to try and stay here. Then we visit Beckway's Park Bay, home to the Old Hag Turtle Sanctuary, where a retired skin diving fisherman, affectionately known as Brother King, has spent more than a decade of his life conserving the endangered hawksbill turtle. Brother King and his helpers monitor the beaches and nest here to protect mother turtles and eggs from poachers and then care for the baby hatchlings in the sanctuary during the turtles' vulnerable years of life. So in my anxiety, I collected a small bucket full of babies and put them in a small basin of water. And that's how I started. It was not a plan of mine. From Beckway, it's south to the remote Tobago Keys Marine Park in the southern Grenadines, a protected wildlife reserve of five isles bordered by a giant horseshoe reef and teeming with wildlife and wild sea turtles. Few places on Earth today can match the unblemished natural beauty and tranquil waters with their ever-changing kaleidoscope of blues, greens, and seemingly limitless shades of aquamarine of Tobago Keys. We explore this earthly slice of heaven with Tobago Keys Park Ranger, Lesroy Noel. Since 2006, we've been trying our best and we've been working very hard to protect this, this beautiful piece of paradise and to keep it in the best way, um, um, natural, natural. Finally, we'll stay in the southern Grenadines and travel by boat to the private resort Palm Island, where we'll catch up with Palm Island's resident artist and doctor, Patrick Chevalier. Doc Chevalier is one of the world's finest undersea artists and we'll learn about his art and his family's life as Palm's only permanent residence. I fell in more and more of these uh, underwater scenes and uh, with a lot of success, you know, I could barely provide. Uh, people were passive. At this time, there were far more people popping by and uh, they were buying me the panties barely dry. I mean, oh, no, no, it doesn't matter. I take it, take it. I'm Ian Fitzpatrick. And I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. And this is World Footprints. Visit and connect with us at worldfootprints.com.
The island of Bekwe, the largest of the Grenadines, has some of the best diving spots in the world. Fresh from my dive with my dive buddy and new best friend, Kathy Sachs of Dive Bekwe, Kathy and I talk about what life has been like for her and her husband, Bob, in this tropical paradise as they live their passion. Greetings from Belmont Walkway in Admiralty Bay here on the island of Beckway. And I'm sitting here with my new friend, my new dive buddy, Kathy Sachs, one of the owners of uh, Dive Beckway. Kathy, thank you so much and, and uh, welcome to World Footprints. Thank you. And first I have to say, OMG, the dive that you just took me on, that was awesome. Um, there's so much colors. Once I cleared my mask, because it was quite foggy at first, um, the world, just the underwater world just reopened to me. The colors, the, the sea life, they were phenomenal. The place where we were was is called Rocky Bay. Rocky Bay, yep. We went from Rocky Bay out to Devil's Table and uh, just following the reef along and as you saw massive amounts of fish lots and lots of sea life and uh, we had a good 60 minutes underwater <laughs> <laughs> which is bizarre and, and we still had 1900 pounds of uh, air left in our tank <laughs> yep you were very good on your air <laughs> And uh, I, I was going to tell my husband, who's here with us, too, dear, I saw dinner down there, a few lobsters we ran into. Lots of lobsters. And eels. Uh, yeah. And I, I saw the uh, the universal symbol of do not touch on a couple mm -hmm. of things. Yep. So eels, scorpion fish, and uh, as we were talking about at the beginning, marine park, so we're not allowed to take the lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> So um, before you know, we talk about the dive climate here. I just I want to find out what brought you here. You come from the U uh, the um, UK, Wales, or the. Uh, yeah. I'm from the borders of England and Wales, and I think my story is similar to most people's here. Is that I came on holiday, I loved it, and then I desperately worked out a way to try and stay here. Now, at that time, had you met Bob? Because I think I heard that you also stayed because of your husband, Bob, who's a Jersey guy. Um, yes, I'd met Bob. My mother knew Bob from many years ago, and when I said that I wanted to go diving, she, uh, she introduced me to Bob. And uh, Bob was my dive instructor, so I'm, I'm another one of those women that married their dive instructors. <laughs> And how many years, like 20 years or so later? Yeah, it's it's 18 years later. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so talk a little bit about the diving climate here around Beckway. I understand that this area, this island, offers some of the best diving in really the, the Caribbean. Yeah, we have some fantastic diving here. Our dive sites are all very close to um, to the dive center, so we don't have long boat rides. Um, but we have very easy diving, uh, fringing reefs that um, just about anybody um, uh, can dive. And, uh, of course, year-round warm water and uh, very good conditions for diving. Yeah, in fact, you mentioned the warm water, and it was warm enough not to require wetsuits, which is great because it's almost like wearing a full suit girdle. Um, and so it was really nice not to have to, to put that on. How far down did we go on our dive? We went to 40 feet on our dive. And, uh, you know, we were both fine without our wetsuits on for that 60 minutes. 
Mm-hmm. Now, what are some of the other areas around Beckway that you usually take um, people diving to or where you actually like to dive around this area? Um, nearly all of our dive sites are on the leeward side of the island and most of them are around the edges of Admiralty Bay. Uh, we've got some very popular dive sites, one called the Boulders, uh, which is a, a little bit deeper than we went this morning. Uh, again, lots and lots of fish and named the boulders because there are massive boulders that have fallen off the cliff and now are underwater and covered with sea fans and uh, sponges. So really beautiful dives. And then for more adventurous divers, deep divers, uh, we have the wall at West Key, which is one of the places in Beckway that we quite often see uh, reef sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, how do reef sharks equate to like nurse sharks? Because yeah, as everyone knows, I'm not, I'm not a fan of uh, sharks uh, underwater. Well, reef sharks um, normally swim away, whereas nurse <laughs> sharks just stay there. So you do have to be quite quick at seeing them before they see you, because they don't normally stay around that long. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's good to know next time. Now, I saw some other things when we were diving. Like um, I pointed out kind of a square concrete. It almost looked like a window. Do you remember that? Yeah. There has uh, been a, a, a window frame that's been thrown on the reef. I'm not really sure what, <laughs> from where because <laughs> there aren't any houses there. But it's getting quite nicely covered with coral now, and there's, uh, there's a few things living underneath it, so we decided not to move it. <laughs> Good grief. So, you know, you guys, you and Bob have a dive backway. You're both divers. You take people out um, diving all the time. Do you ever get to dive just for yourself? And where do you like to go around the world? What are some of your favorite places besides backway to dive? Um, Bob lived in Papua New Guinea for four or five years, and he had a, a dive center there, and that was his favorite place to dive and uh, uh, since we met we haven't managed to go back there but that's somewhere that we're planning to try and get back to to go and dive again. Mm-hmm. Now um, you said earlier when you were talking about moving here to Beckway or you came here on holiday you fell in love what was it about this island that really resonated with you? Um, I think probably the size and how friendly people were. Um, when I originally came out, I uh, I found a fantastic ticket that was uh, £99 to come for three months. And £99 was cheaper than heating my house for the winter. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I started in the north um, end of the Caribbean in Antigua, and I slowly made my way down through the islands. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got off the ferry, I did the whole thing traveling by ferry where I could between islands. When I got off the ferry in Beckley, um, and Julie's guest house was right opposite the ferry dock, everybody was really friendly. Somebody grabbed my bag, um, <laughs> escorted me to the guest house, and it was just a really comfortable place to stay. And I stayed here for, uh, well, several months, and uh, it was uh, always a, a really welcoming place to be. Mm-hmm. And how soon afterwards um, you met Bob, you know, quickly after, soon after you got here, um, you guys were married some time later. How long have you been here in, you know, in total? Uh, I've been here for just coming up to 19 years, and Bob's been here for coming up to 30 years. Wow. And I wish you were here to ask him how a nice guy from New Jersey... (laughs) 
<laughs> ended up here for so long, and, and why? Do you know that story? Um, yes. Actually, after he had the dive center in uh, New Guinea, he and his partner were looking for somewhere in the Caribbean because uh, they were a little bit out in the uh, in the wilderness in New Guinea and he was actually on his way to Grenada to think about buying a dive center there and Liat made a landing in St. Vincent uh, cancelled the flight <laughs> so he ended up staying there for a day and went for a dive thought it was absolutely fantastic phoned his buddy in the States and said you should come down here and see this he did and within two weeks, they bought a dive center in St. Vincent, and that, yeah, and they're still here. Oh, my God. That was not an accidental cancellation of the flight. No. <laughs> <laughs> so one other thing I want to point out um, before we close is that um, you actually offer some free classes, you know, once a week, because some people, when they come on holiday, they may want to try diving out, but you know, it, it, it is a daunting um, thought to be underwater with just, you know, a regular... I mean, the, the skills that it takes may be intimidating to some people. How do you work around that? How do you give people the comfort level, a beginner, the comfort level that it needs to... that they need in order to, um, to learn this sport? Um... What we find is that a lot of people that are here have been out snorkeling a few times. They've realized that that's not as difficult as they thought it was going to be. So they make inquiries about diving. And because it's a very gradual process where you chat with your instructor first and then you go into the water just off the beach, so everything is done in very, very shallow water where you can stand up, we usually find that people think it's a lot easier than they thought it was going to be. There are very, very few people that say, mm -mm, no, this isn't for me, I can't do it. So once you've had your practice at swimming around in the shallow water, crystal clear water, fish already swimming past you, it's not like sitting in a swimming pool, then uh, it, it's very easy to get people to come out on the reef dive. <laughs> So I may have a new uh, your next student sitting right across from us here, my husband Ian. What do you think, babe? That's a no. He's shaking his head for those who can't see. <laughs> well, I guess he's one of those that say uh, absolutely not. But uh, Kathy, thank you so much. Actually, you know your your um, tuition today, the time that you took uh, with me was was um, it was really wonderful because it helped ease a little bit of my anxiety, although I am certified. It's been a number of years, um, you know, in between my last open water dive and today I dove at the Georgia Aquarium, which was phenomenal, but it doesn't really count as an open water dive. And so you made um, my dive today incredibly enjoyable and uh, no stress at all. And I thank you for that. You're welcome, and you shouldn't leave it eight years before you go for your next dive. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So we'll be back to Dive Beckway. Thank you so much for joining us on World Footprints. Thanks. Coming up, we'll head across Beckway to the old Heck Turtle Sanctuary, or we'll meet up with a former scuba diving fisherman named Brother King and learn of his efforts to save the endangered hawksbill turtle. So in my anxiety, I collected a small bucket full of babies and put them in a small basin of water. And that's how I started. It was not a plan of mine. Next as World Footprints continues. Hi, my name is Anna. I'm from Romania. Make sure you don't miss the World Footprints Radio 
Discover paradise on the islands of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, a tropical paradise of 32 beautiful Caribbean islands for yachting, scuba diving, enjoying nature, and relaxing in luxurious hideaways is waiting for you. Run away from a hectic life and let the people of St. Vincent and the Grenadines spoil you. I'm Ian Fitzpatrick with World Footprints, and we rediscovered ourselves by discovering St. Vincent and the Grenadines. See for yourself at discoverfsvg.com. My name is Luben Oliver. I'm from the tiny island back where it's in Grenadines. And uh, I want to wish you all the best for coming to Beckway, Tanya and uh, Ian. I wish you a safe trip back, and when you go back home, tell all the wonderful people about Beckway. It's the only paradise in St. Vincent and And I will encourage you to listen to all footprint, the best in the world. Enjoy. And now, more of World Footprints Radio with your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to World Footprints. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. For more than a decade, Brother King has operated the Old Head Turtle Sanctuary here on Beckway, dedicated to conserving the endangered Hawksbill turtle. Brother King, his staff, and the turtles under his care rely on the goodwill of strangers and friends from around the world, some of whom are fortunate to make their way to Beckway's Park Bay, as we did, to see firsthand the remarkable efforts of Brother King to keep the Hawksbill turtle alive and well for this and future generations. We're here with uh, Brother King, and very happy to welcome you to World Footprints. Thanks for coming. It's our pleasure. Now, I want to go back in time, because we talked a little bit earlier, and you mentioned that you were actually born here. I see you wearing a London cap, so there has to be some roots there, but you were actually born born on this island and you were are formerly a skin fisherman skin diving fisherman i am a skin diving fisherman retired you know when people in these days speak about diving their minds go to scuba diving mm-hmm. when i started diving there was no scuba gear around here so we knew nothing about scuba diving we did all what we call free diving our lungs our flippers on our feet or a mask and a snorkel. And how deep did you go? I was one of the deeper divers. I was in pretty good shape. I started to dive when I was about 16 years old. And by the time I was about 19, I was a professional. I could dive in about like 20, 22 meters. So how did you go from skin diving to turtle conservation? Well, you can continue to be a scuba diver much longer than you can continue to be a free diver. Because you get a little older and tired of the sea, you know, and you're not as strong when you're 50 as when you're 15. So there comes a time when I had to give up that. People have to give up that at a certain age. It tells in your body, you know. So I decided, before I stopped diving, I needed a bigger boat. And I made sure while I was diving and making some money to build that bigger boat. So when I stopped diving in a small boat, I had a bigger boat to do better fishing in. You see, I could go fishing this boat and do lines and nets and so forth. And and so you came upon saving this breed of turtle. I I did not plan this thing. 
I mean, a lot of people see me do this, I'm around the wall on TV and so forth, and they thought this was a plan of mine. It was not a plan. I was accustomed to seeing towels come to the beach, lay eggs, their babies hatch and go back into the sea and so forth. But I was camping here in a tent. My family, of course, every weekend. My home is in town, Port Elizabeth. And so one night I happened to be here alone in my tent. And this big female tool came up to my tent right next to my door, dug a hole, threw sand in on me while I was sleeping, laid her eggs and left. So when I got up next morning that I saw that, I searched for the eggs and the eggs were right by my door. You know, I hid it because people are still in the habit of eating, some people, not all, eating turtle eggs. So I wanted to make sure that those turtle eggs would hatch and the babies would go back into the sea, some would live. But it didn't happen like that. Two months after, I was there standing with two visiting friends and these babies hatched out around my feet. I, I didn't plan for it. I didn't know that they were still there. I thought they had gone. So in my anxiety, I collected a small bucket full of babies and put them in a small basin of water. And that's how I started. It was not a plan of mine. I had to teach myself how to deal with these baby turtles. I know normally baby turtles will eat jellyfish in the ocean. I did not know what they will eat otherwise because I cannot get jellyfish. And so I coaxed them and fed them. They would not eat. And I made a deal with them. If you don't eat within six days, I'll put you back in the sea. Mm. On the sixth morning, my wife made some tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs> and I was eating a tuna fish sandwich, leaning over, speaking to my toes. And a piece of the tuna fell into the water. They rushed and ate it up. And then I said, I will go in town and buy some tuna fish. And I've been eating tuna fish for the past 17 years. You know, just coincidence. Well, I, I know having, you know, um, attended a few turtle sanctuaries like in Costa Rica and other parts of the world that the, um, uh, the, the baby turtles have only a 10% mortality rate, or, you know, they, only 10% of babies that are born to a hatch actually survive in the um, wild. Mm-mm, much less than that. Much, much less than that. These little things, especially hawksbills, they are small. They're smaller than the other turtles. And they're little and soft and float and slow. And everything eats them out there. They begin to be eaten by crabs on the beach. Then they're eaten by eels and octopus around this rocky coastline. And as they go out in the ocean, they're eaten by the frigate birds and fish. So, it is said that around maybe one of 3,000 of these will survive. One from 3,000. So, how long, you know, you have uh, three, four, three different tanks here and then smaller uh, tanks. Yes. And in this, in this tank to our, um, to my right, there is a tank of probably close to 100, if not over, of 80, 300, holy cow, 300 <laughs> itty-bitty babies. And they're less than, you know, they fit on a palm. They're, they're smaller than my, the palm of my hand. So you have them, and then you have the tank that we're right behind, which is, you know, comprised of certainly much larger 
turtles, and then you know a few teen. Well, call them teenagers yeah. to uh, to their right. How long do you keep these turtles until you release them back into the wild? I I got to realize that turtles being solitary fight when you have them together, and from small they fight, they kill each other. So you have to have sizes by themselves. You know, we can't mix those two sizes there. Those teenagers you're talking about, mm-hmm. which is about a year, 14 months and so, you can't put them among these baby tulls. Now, tulls don't eat tulls. But the bigger ones will kill those by holding on to them to play with them and squeeze them and hold them down on the water too long and drown them. Okay. You see? So you have to have sizes by themselves. How, how long will you save, like, these guys behind us, which are I'll call young adults, um, when will they go back into the wild? Well, these are more like two and a half and three years old, except for three bigger ones that I have. And I keep them between four or five years. Because by four or five years, they are strong. They can dive to feed themselves. They are fast. They can get away from humans and sharks and they will survive better than if you put back a one-year-old. Okay. You know? And with the 300 infants that we have over here, how many of those will survive this stage of their, their lives, captivity? Well, these now are some from one week up to three, four, six weeks in here. Now they are together because they are small. I can feed them better when they are together like that. Mm-hmm. As they begin to get bigger, you say I have some empty basins. Then I will put so many, you know, like up to 12 or 15, 20 in each basin. And take better care of them. Mm-hmm. And they will not be as close to one another to bite and damage one another. So they are only there because they are young. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, there's different breeds of sea turtles. What breed of sea turtle are we dealing with here? No, we have uh, green turtles and hawks bills permanently in the Caribbean. The other turtles, like loggerheads and leatherbacks, will pass through in a season to lay eggs and go on. They don't live around here. So we, we, we have just green turtles and hawks bills in these islands. So I have one green, somewhere about there, and I have all, all the others are hawks bills. I raised... I raised 30, 14 green turtles, and I put them back already. Okay. Brother King, I, I wanted to circle back to some of the work that you're doing to, uh, with regards to your work, turtle conservation. You actually, you continue to this day to walk the beach, so you monitor the beaches nearby. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for, and what do you do when you see what you, you're, you're looking for? Um, we have laws. We still have laws supposed to protect turtles. One of the things that I disagree with is that people go to the beaches at night in the nesting season to wait until the female comes in to kill that female to eat. If they do not see a turtle in the night, and it all comes and nobody is there lays her eggs. They will come back the next day and look for the eggs. I am really against that. Because if you don't have new ones to go back to the sea, and you are catching them 
in the sea. You have, you have permission by law to catch turtles in the sea. Seven months of the year. Okay. So if you continue to catch them in the sea, male and female, and continue to catch females on the beach, which is only females come to the beach, in a few years they won't have any, you know. Because as we were talking about the mortality rate a while ago, it's a very few that survives. So I am of the opinion of knowing my people and how they behave, is that each year they are catching 20 times more than what is increasing. It won't take long before it's gone, you know. So that is my, that is my reason for going to beaches. Some people don't, don't like me to go to the beaches. They object to it because they want to do their, their, their mischief, you know. But I don't stop. I keep going. I'll give you an example. When I came here to begin to camp, I did not have a tall sanctuary. But we used to go to beaches at night, me and the children, to show them tall nesting. Way back then, that's 27 years ago, we would only see about six or seven females come to this beach. You know, this year, we had 22. So it is increasing because I am of the opinion that my first batch of turtles that I put back yeah. in the sea, they are 17 years old now and some of them been coming back. What's the name of this beach area? Park Beach. Okay. Park Beach, yeah. Have you, as part of your conservation work, have you worked with the locals to educate them on the importance of the turtle conservation to tourism? Because this... You know, tourists, tourists are very keen yes, I was on coming to that. Okay. I was coming to that. Apart from my walk with the tolls, I've been inviting school children here for many years. Any size. Children from kindergarten right up to college. I invite here. Visiting children from schools are free. Their teachers are free. And so they come. And I'm teaching children I'm teaching children who have fishermen fathers that will not teach them anything about the sea, turtles or nothing. Now, they're going back home and telling their parents, especially fathers, what Mr. King is doing and what he's saying. So, Daddy, you have to stop catching small turtles. You have to stop eating turtle eggs. Some of them say, I tell my daddy, stop bringing home turtle meat. We don't want it to eat anymore. So I'm making a big impression in the minds of the youth when it comes now to total conservation and the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, I was telling you a while ago that I spent many years in the sea. I was not just only a diver, you know, I am a professional sailor. Okay. A prefer- professional seaman. I still have some of my own boats, mm-hmm. you see. And I trained a lot of young people in seamanship and the ocean. So I am... To see all of that, these young men know that I'm a credit to the country when it comes to the ocean, you know? And when children come, they can understand well. I teach them about currents and tides and, and, and the, the delicacy of coral and, and how it grows and what can destroy it easily and it, it, does, it takes a long time to grow and easy to kill. All those things I teach children. They will not get that in school, you know? I am not a teacher, so to speak. 
But I know what I'm saying when I'm talking about the ocean. Well, Brother King, we truly, as lovers of turtles, um, particularly the babies, I'm very partial to the babies, and, and I myself has pr have protected a few uh, along the beach as they made their way to, to the ocean uh, in Costa Rica. But um, we appreciate what you're doing. We understand the importance, and we thank you so much for joining us today well, on World Footprint. Well, I am, I am happy about my own success because I didn't know what I was doing when I started. But I have already raised and released 910 turtles back into this. Many which are coming back to lay eggs yes. now. Yes. Thank you so much. After the break, we'll make our first stop in the southern Grenadines as we take you to one of the most beautiful places on Earth, Tobago Keys Marine Park. Since 2006, we've been trying our best and we've been working very hard to protect this, this beautiful piece of paradise and to keep it in the best way um, um, natural. Next, as World Footprints continues. Hi, my name's Jennifer Jones, and I'm from Glasgow in Scotland. I love listening to the World Footprints radio show online. Did you know that World Footprints has something for everyone? From great radio shows with celebrity guests and the latest travel news and information, to dynamic travel deals and more. Make worldfootprints.com your first stop. Also, don't forget to visit the Travel Marketplace for sales on travel essentials and services. Hi, my name is Timothy Kendrick. I'm Grace Kendrick. And we love World Footprints Radio. And I'm a transplant from Michigan here in Vancouver and loving it. We love the radio. Thank you. You're listening to World Footprints Radio, awarded as the best travel audio podcast by the North American Travel Journalists Association. Here's Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to World Footprints. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. The Tobago Keys Marine Park in the Southern Grenadines is a protected wildlife preserve of five uninhibited aisles shielded by a giant horseshoe reef that is described as the most scenic reef in the world. Teeming with wildlife and wild sea turtles, few places on Earth today can match the unblemished natural beauty, tranquil waters, and their ever-changing kaleidoscope of blues, greens, and aquamarine as found here on Tobago Keys. Let's explore this earthly slice of heaven with Tobago Keys park ranger, Lesroy Noel. Well, here another piece of paradise, uh, Tobago Keys, which is world known for sea turtles, and I'm uh, happy to stand here with my new friend, our new friend, Lesroy Noel, who's the assistant manager of Tobago Keys Marine Park. Thank you so much for joining us here on World Footprints. Um, you're welcome, and we're happy to have you here on this beautiful piece of paradise. Indeed. Now tell us a little bit of the history of Tobago Keys. This is a kind of a nature sanctuary for sea turtles. Yes, it is. Um, Tobago Keys Marine Park um, in 1997 was declared by the government of St. Vincent and the Grenadine as a protected area, a, a marine park. Um, before that, in 87, it was, it was declared a conservation area. Mm -hmm. um, however, um, being declared a marine park meant that we, we had to protect all the species and uh, all the terrestrial but marine species um, within the park. Um, in 2006, um, in the enforcement um, started in 2006. Even if it was declared in 1997, nothing never came on stream until 2006. Mm -hmm. And since 2006, we've been trying our best and we've been working very hard to protect this, this beautiful piece of paradise and to keep it 
in the best way um, and natural and natural yeah so when did you start protecting the sea turtles here? Were they um, natural to this this particular area? They are natural to this particular. Well, yeah. Well, I think turtles do move um, back and forth. Um, what we have here that is fortunate for us is that there we have a seagrass bed, um, and that's what the turtle eats. Mm -hmm. And there, there is one here on Baradal, um, and the turtle feed there. So. Uh, where there is food, people normally you, you will go there to get food. So you will find there's a lot of turtles in that particular um, area. And um, fortunate for us, um, we've been able to use this as, as as part of our marketing tool to get people coming here. And we are now promoting what we, what we call swimming with the turtles. Um, so you can go. Hopefully, I know you will get a chance. I know we had some sightings already. You get a chance to at least have a snorkel and see some beautiful marine life underwater. How many turtles do you uh, estimate you have in this protected area? Well, one of the things that we started in 2010, we start tagging of turtles, and um, so that we can keep account of what's there and, and how they move and so on. Um, we started over a three period in 2010. We tagged 98 turtles. Um, last year, 2011, mm -hmm. we did the same thing. We tagged 88 turtles. And um, this year, uh, fortunately, uh, we actually tagging. We start, this is our tomorrow will be our fourth day of tagging. We have already tagged um, over 20 turtles. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So, um, any any given day, you if you're there, in any given day, you can have 20, 30 sightings of of, of turtles mm -hmm. and so on. Yeah. And I understand from some other visitors that they've seen uh, hatch hatchlings. Yes, there um, the beaches. Yes, some of the beaches like this one, and there is. Pity tabac and so on, yes, there, mm -hmm. there, there, there's mm -hmm. hatching taking place. Now, uh, some of the turtles, or a lot of the turtles that you have here, actually have been nursed back to health from another organization that we interviewed, Brother King, from Old Hag Turtle Sanctuary. When did that relationship start? Uh, um, Orton King, from, from back from Beckway? Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, I'm not sure about the, 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 the what, because what, honestly, um, there isn't a relationship as such. Um, he 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 has a sanctuary, and then he releases the turtles. Um, I have to track them as to where they go or so on. There's 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 no way of doing that right now. So we can't system. We can't confidently say, well, okay, the turtles actually come here or, or they go there. You know, I don't think there is there is any way of presently mm -hmm. of tracking where the turtle goes when you release them into the sea. Right. Um, but what we know is that. Um, before 2006, um, or since 2006, the, the turtle population has increased significantly here here in the park. Um, because one of the things is that before 2006, the fishermen used to fish here. They lived here. They live on the islands, actually. And they used to fish here. They used to camp. Mm -hmm. And they used to fish here because there was no enforcement. But however, since that time, we've seen um, um, increase in the marine life. We've seen, you can see rays, you see fishes. You know, uh, uh, anything, any species of, 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 of that is natural to this area, mm -hmm. you would you would see them around around here. Now there's a, an island that we came through uh, when we started spotting some of the turtles. There were uh, private boats there, mm -hmm. um, which you mentioned have to pay a mooring fee to stay there. So this area is open to the public, but the the area that was roped off. What was right. the significance of that? Okay, the significant that's the that's the area where you where you where we. We roped that off so that we can make a barrier between the motos and the swimmers, because okay. in that area is where the turtle the turtles are. 
That's the area that they're there. I mean, they're all over the park, but because the seagrass bed is there, mm -hmm. we want to protect that also. I see. Uh, so we 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 we, can't, we we don't want the motors motoring through there, and we don't want the yacht beyond that beyond that 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 quartering area, the quartering off area. Okay. Yeah. So some of the tracking that you've done, you know, the turtles that you've tagged, uh, have you been able to track them back here after they've gone wherever they go? Not yet. You know, um, the thing is, we haven't we haven't reached that stage in terms of tracking and so on. As I say, it's a new it's a new initi initiative. Um, we work with Wildcats, and um, it's just a new initiative. So we haven't we haven't been able to track as yet. Mm -hmm. um, I, I cannot speak confidently on it because um, we have we have a, a separate department that deals with that. Um, we just had our marine biologist. Um, I will, he's not here today, so I can't answer all these questions about tracking and so on and what's the plan. Mm -hmm. and, but I know we we're working seriously on, on monitoring our turtles. And okay. um, as I said, the program started two years ago, so right now it involves tagging tagging the turtles and so okay. on. And I guess in the different phase we start, you know, mm -hmm. because I think I think there's a database that you f you put all those information on. Um, so that um, you can track if if one turns up wherever, wherever, because they're labeled when when they tag, they're labeled and so on. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Now a lot of our listeners are interested in volunteer travel opportunities. Does uh, does this marine park? Do you offer opportunities for volunteers to come and help you? With we, we we are open to that. Um, especially we we have had some interest. Some some person expressed interest. In terms, especially with the tagging and so on. Um, however, we haven't had any volunteers. Well, we, yes, the first the first time we tagged, there were stakeholders involved, right? But in terms of um, volunteers from, from other islands and so on, we haven't had that yet. There, there, are, there are interest. I know there is a there is a, a university that does some work in Saint Vincent. I can't remember the name right now, but they they're hoping to come down to be at least to have at least one week. Um, to volunteer um, with the tagging and so on. But we, we welcome volunteerism. We put our information out there. We have, we have a website, tobagokeys.org. Um, you can go on there and, and, and maybe express your interest. We have Facebook. Um, oh, yeah. Has yeah, everybody has Facebook. So that's <laughs> what, that's one of our ways of getting the message out there. Okay. We, we, normally, we normally put our information out there. Um, and we have had interest in terms of volunteering, so we would welcome, definitely welcome that. Um, it's a good way for us to partner with other persons who want to be involved, and also it's a good way of getting persons to come to the islands. Sure, yeah. sure. Now, have you partnered with other similar organizations who are involved with uh, turtle conservation, sea turtle conservation? Yes, yes, we have. We have. We have. We actually work in. There's a network that we we try to develop with the. Um, with all the marine parks in this particular space that would involve St. Vincent and Grenada. Mm -hmm. um, there are three marine parks. Um, there is um, Bosa Drew in, in Grenada. Um, there is the Sandy Island in Caracu. And there's the Tobago Keys Marine Park here in St. Vincent. So we try to work together on not only CETA, but monitoring, monitoring programs and mm -hmm. so on. Um, and try to develop partnerships. Um, our training was done by Whitecast. It's a, I think it's an international organization, and they're involved in a lot of work with the sea turtles and so on. Okay. And they they provided the training. Um, it was funded by under a project called the Opal Project, which is a, it's a it's an initiative by all the countries of the OECS, all the governments, and mm -hmm. and um, they received funding from the World Bank and other funding agencies. And um, they funded the training, um, but the training was done by uh, by Whitecast. Okay. 
And for those who are interested in coming to swim with the turtles, would they work through uh, a hotel partner? For example, we've come from Palm Island Resort. So do you have that relationship with hotel partners? Or would they contact you directly? They, they contact us directly. But they can contact us. As I say, we have a website, TobagoKeys.org. Um, you can go and send, send your information. You can email us. Uh, you can Facebook us also. Okay. Yeah. Are you on Twitter too? We are on Twitter. We just got on Twitter um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, we're not been using it yet, <laughs> you know. But we we are we are on Twitter. Okay. We on Twitter. We'll find you and we'll we'll uh, follow oh, you on Twitter. Oh, definitely. I I hope you do so. Leslie, thank you so much, and we're looking forward to swimming with the turtles um, very, very soon, and uh, and to helping you further and raise awareness and your conservation efforts here. Well, we appreciate you coming here first and foremost. I must say thank you for for really choosing this part and and, and choosing us to be with us, and we're we're happy that we're getting the message is getting out there, and 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 that's why we we really appreciate people coming on board, persons like you, um, your husband, obviously. I'm really happy that. You came and you chose the Tobago Keys Marine Park. We're gonna get this. I, I guess your your blogs and and your radio program is gonna be reached far and wide, and, and and it's a good means for us to get persons coming here and also to help us with our monitoring monitoring programs. Indeed, it's our pleasure. Thank you again. And you're welcome. After the break, we'll take a boat ride over to Palm Island, where we'll catch up with Palm Island's resident artist and doctor, Patrick Chevalier one of the world's finest undersea artists. I fell in more and more of these uh, underwater scenes and uh, with a lot of success, you know, I could barely provide uh, people were passing At this time there were far more people popping by and uh, they were buying me the panties barely dry. I mean, oh, no, no, it doesn't matter, I take it, take it. Next, as World Footprints continues. Hi, my name is Marcia Alexion and I'm talking to you from Vancouver right now. I am originally from Brooklyn, New York. I've been living in Vancouver for about 20 years, and I love World Footprints Radio. Seeking paradise, a little romance, echo adventures, or pristine waters and beaches, you'll find it all on the islands of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. A tropical paradise of 32 beautiful Caribbean islands is waiting to offer you endless possibilities. Experience a sailing paradise, explore uninhabited islands, or many quiet moments. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick with World Footprints, and before you can just say, ah, you must discover paradise at discoversvg.com. I am Marlon Joseph from the St. Vincent and the Grenadines Tourism Authority. We had a wonderful time with Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick of World Footprints. And we are encouraging, well, inviting you to come down to St. Vincent and the Grenadines and see exactly what we have to offer. And now, more of World Footprints Radio with your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to World Footprints. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. Just a short boat trip from Tobago Keys Marine Park is the private resort known as Palm Island. When you get here, chances are you'll discover the gallery and home of Palm Island's resident artist and doctor, Patrick Chevalier. Dr. Chevalier is one of the world's finest undersea artists, and he and his wife, Palm Island's only permanent residents, share their home, studio, and a few libations as we explore the intersection of life and art above and beneath 
the sea. Thank you so much for welcoming us into your home and your studio. Yeah, no problem. You're always welcome. You're nice people and people who who are interested on Palm Island are always welcome here. So, so Doc, what brought you here and how long has this island been uh, established? 30 years ago, sailing, I sailed the Atlantic, uh, the Atlantic sail. I settled in the, in Dominica, then in Les Santos, and I got the habit to sail there, and uh, so I knew the place a bit. And uh, well, uh, 17, 18 years ago, we wanted to have some change, and uh, mm. that's a long story. But uh, finally, we 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 ended we ended here, and uh, was quite happy about the island. You know, the the story began in uh, 1966 here when a couple of American, John and Mary Caldwell, who were uh, doing some charter since many years uh, from uh, Grenada to Antigua. Uh, since uh, six years after, one day they realized, uh, John realized that it could be the island of his dream, you know. Why is it such a special place? It's a special place because it's almost unique in the world, you know. When we arrived here, we uh, we have two daughters, they were three and four. Hmm. Ah. So you actually raised your daughters here? We had, did homeschooling for the two girls, okay. mostly Virginia homeschooling on this table for 12 years. That had been the big challenge. So, Doc, I want to now talk about your artwork. You've gone from medicine to a beautiful artist, and I'm curious about your work. I've looked at some of it through the villas. It's very, very detailed. How did you transition from medicine to art? Yeah, uh, transition. Oh, yes, I know, I can tell you. <laughs> but I'm still practicing, you know, I'm not. Because when you're a doctor, you're a doctor for life. Yes. You know, especially in a lonely place, a castaway place like that, when I am needed, I help. But uh, medicine is a hobby now, you know, mostly, okay. you know. As I used to say, uh, one patient a day, okay, uh, two patients a bit crowdy. Uh, three, oh, no, no, came back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I gotta have it there. Uh, how that happened, you know, it was not my plan to be a painter, uh, an artist uh, when I came here. My plan was to work uh, on the health center, Union Health Center, rehabilitated, do things and so on. So, mm-hmm. but for two years I have been impeached. Uh, impeached, impeached. Um, well, people in St. Vincent, you know, the yeah, yeah. medical board, they stopped me working and so on. I could not work as a medical doctor for two years. Uh-huh. Mm. Because they thought I was a fake doctor, that I was escaping or whatever, and so on. So <laughs> it lasts two years. So for two years, I couldn't do what I wanted to do, so I was painting mm. more and more. Because painting was a hobby, but little by little, the hobby turned to be a real job. And it really turned this way when I was commissioned a big, very large painting about underwater scene that that I never did that. So little by little I switched from classic novel views and so on to novel battles. I switched to the underwater world and as far as I'm a diver since, uh, since many years, you know. I began to dive in 1977, you know, in Dominica. So little by little, I am, I, I painted more and more of these uh, underwater scenes, 
and uh, with a lot of success, you know, I could barely provide, uh, people were passing, at this time there were far more people popping by, and uh, they were buying me the panties barely dry, I mean, oh, no, no, doesn't matter, I take it, take it, so a little by little, well, I began to be, uh, not famous, but to have a, when I began to do shows, you know, New York and Florida, up and there, to be displayed in gallery, exhibit up and there, little by little. Well, there are not many uh, underwater artists, painters, I don't like this word, artists, uh, painters with, uh, with a lot of details and, uh, you know, sticking to the reality. Well, um, worldwide, we are maybe less than 10, you know, you know them. Mm, no, I am not a fanatic about the modern painting, contemporary painting, you know. Two strokes of brush, I finish, no, that's not my, mm. you know, I spend, I spend hours and hours on a painting, you know. Happened to me to spend 100, 200 hours on one painting sometimes, you know. Mm. Uh, so, but people like that, that's a style, mm -hmm. has nothing to do with the contemporary style, I don't mind. But that's my style. I like details and precise and so and so. Mm -hmm. So little by little, uh, painting turned to be the main job and medicine, the hobby. Doc, I see that uh, you've opened, we're sitting in your studio uh, right now, but I didn't realize it was also open to the public. And I see you know, people coming in and admiring uh, your work. And you mentioned also that you've shown in uh, other places, New York, Florida, any possibility of coming to our home of Washington, D.C.? Uh, if you find a gallery who wants to display my job, no problem. Okay. I have no problem, you know. Depending the year, I have, I am displayed in uh, three to twelve galleries uh, in the States, the uh, Caribbean, Bahamas, and so on and so. So I got no problem. Uh, about that, I just came back to one thing you said. Uh, you said that uh, you are praising, praising me, telling me that I am this and that. No, I'm not a doctor, a painter, and blah blah blah. To live here, you have to be as well an electrician. <laughs> you have to be a plumber. Yeah, yeah, that's very important, you know. Yes. <laughs> to be an electrician, a plumber, I'm a sailor, I have to take care of my boat, you know, you have to be a bit of mechanic, you have to be everything, you know. A lot of people, well, oh, that's fabulous paradise, I want to live here, how lucky you are. Hey, lucky, yes, but are you able to live here? I asked you the question. Yes. Are you able to live here yes. to let your parents, to let your children, to let the dogs, like the cats behind you, everything, to let all social relations, because here there is no social life, zero. There is no scapegoat. You know, when you two have an argument, you can go there, oh, I go shopping, nya, 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 nya. <laughs> no, there's nothing there. That's just a big boat, you know. That's just a big, big boat, and there is no scapegoat. So living here, very few people are able to live here mm. because they must have this character you don't, you have, you enjoy, you don't have, I don't have, no problem. Mm. You must be a very strong couple, you know, very, very tight, you must be busy, busy, busy. What you will do if you stay here all the day long, eh, all the year long, huh? Mm. Not obvious. I scuba diving. Yeah, but you scuba dive, you can't scuba dive all the day long, all the, all the year. Mm. 
once you have scuba dived 200 times in the same place, you know, you don't go back anymore. I don't dive anymore now because I, I went uh, wherever. And, it, and you know now, each time I dive, it's getting worse. I see worse and worse. Mm. Ah. The corals are dying everywhere. There are less and less fish. Yeah. You know, there is a, a huge difference b between uh, 17 years ago and now. It's a huge difference. So now it is no more what it is, mm. what it was. Mm. So now I dive with my brushes, facing my, facing a painting. So do you, you recall all of these images from the times you did dive when you paint? Where where do you get the these images from? These are commissions. This is a commission. Well, these are commissions. Anyway, um, Sometimes there are commissions, so I have to do what, but uh, it came from my imagination, you know, or from some memories. Mm -hmm. But when you paint an underwater scene, nobody give a damn if the fish is uh, like that or like that, you know. <laughs> okay? Nobody give a damn if the rock, uh, this rock is like that or just like that. Yeah. You know? Right. It's not a portrait. If I, I will be uh, uh, unable to paint your portrait because then you have to stick to the reality. Ship, ships, yes, yeah, the novel, yeah, the novel uh, all the marine things. That's quite different, you know. You when you paint a boat, a ship with a mast, you cannot have the mast doing that, you know. But uh, to back to your question is um, back to your question. Um, it's mostly experience of diving and mm -hmm. snorkeling and in a way I have a lot of documentation because I can't remember uh, all the fish of all the, of all the world, you know, how many scales they have, how many bones they have, you know, it's impossible. So I have a lot of documentation to, uh, to help me uh, to do the paintings. Mm -hmm. uh, that's mm -hmm. How many paintings would you estimate you have painted over the years? Oh, I can't tell you exactly. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because they all have carry a number, so now I think, uh, not exactly, but I forgot, 820 something. Holy cow. Wow. 820 or 30, I don't remember, something okay. like that. They all have a number, and, uh, and you know, I... I I published limited editions as well, you know, mm -hmm. of yeah. many of them, you know, I have a book about 200 or the choice of 200 uh, mm -hmm. things that uh, can be, um, they are printed in Florida, mm -hmm. on canvas, simply print, and uh, we ship all over the world. Back in your lovely wife, or I'll say your lovely wife's husband, <laughs> thank you so much for welcoming us into your home today. You're always welcome. I just wish we had more time. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed our exploration of the Grenadines under the sea. If you'd like to learn more about the Grenadines and St. Vincent, visit discoversvg.com. And certainly, if you want more of World Footprints Radio, including our World Footprints Travel Report, giving you the latest breaking travel news, visit us at worldfootprints.com. And while there, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. We're Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we wish you blue skies and purposeful travel that leaves positive footprints one step at a time. Hi, guys. My name is Sandy Best. The Sandy Best from Lake Louise. Where's Lake Louise? It's in Alberta. Alberta's in Canada. Banff National Park. 
Natural Beauty. The only place you should go with is World Footprints Radio. They spend their time looking at those special places that are not tourist traps. There are not thousands of people. For the best on the planet, go with World Footprints Radio. World 